Well, hello, hello, you fabulous interior design professional. How are you? Welcome to Business of Design, the one, the only podcast that brings you non-theoretical, in-the-trenches advice for how to run your thriving, or maybe not so thriving sometimes, interior design business. Wherever you are, don't panic. We can help. We can help each other, right? And we can do that by relying on process. I'm really glad you're here. If you don't know me already, I'm Kimberly Selden. I'm a practicing interior design professional. That means two things. I'm practicing. I'm not perfect. I still get things wrong sometimes, but I actually have real clients, real projects, real budgets, and real timelines, which means what we're going to talk about is not theoretical And that's important because our time is precious. Our time is limited. Time is our most precious resource and we want to protect it. Can you imagine this is episode number 232? I remember the very first episode and it seemed to me at that point we would never reach these crazy high numbers, but here we are. It seems we just never run out of things to talk about. That's partly because the industry is constantly evolving and changing and it's partly because what we are engaged in here is running a business, which may be somewhat contrary to our nature as creatives, right? I frequently talk about business of design and the kind of training we do, business training that we do, as akin to becoming a member of Alcoholics Anonymous. You don't stop drinking and go to a few meetings and then you're tickety-boo, everything is great. You have to keep coming back to meetings. Otherwise, you'll forget that you can't pick up the first drink. It's the first drink that's the problem, the first sip, right? Because if you never put that first sip in your mouth, you never have to worry about having an alcoholic blackout. We're not talking about that, of course. We're talking about interior design. And what's the equivalent then? The equivalent is never taking that first step out of process. And that's what we're going to talk about. The first step out of process. We had a Business of Design Live event, and if you're a member, they are free with your membership. I think there were about 40 of us. It was at 9 o'clock p.m. EST, so it was a bit late for our East Coasters, Uh, but we still have about, we had about, as I say, 40 people or so, some from Australia. That's why we changed the time sometimes to accommodate people in different regions, different countries. And it never fails to surprise me how many people who are running smart, thriving, profitable businesses, if you go to their websites, you'd be like, at least I am, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I wish I had that project and that client. I wish I could do what that person does. So anyway, you you meet these people and then they come to a BOD live event and somehow it comes out that they're just a little out of process on a project that they're working on. And I'm like so grateful because I think, thank goodness, I'm not the only one who does it. I'm not the only person who sticks her toe out of the safe boundaries that I've created to run my business and finds myself in hot water pretty fast. I'm not the only one who takes the first sip, if I'm going to use that Alcoholics Anonymous analogy. 
as the conversations get going during BOD Lives, they kind of take on a life of their own. And on this particular evening, I was kind of surprised at the number of questions that just fell back on the basics, the very foundation of what we teach. And as usual, we find that as members decide to make modifications based on their own business, that's great. But sometimes those modifications leave a gaping hole in the process, and we uncover those frequently during these meetings. We're not broken. We're not wrong. We just need to be reminded sometimes. So during this episode, it's a solo episode, I'm just going to talk about getting out of process. That first moment when you decide to deviate, when you take a jig when you should have taken a jack, and how every single problem that follows comes from that one moment. And our job as the owner of the company, as the owner of the business that's going to run the decorating or renovating project, our job is to stay in process. Of course, you're finished. You might as well quit right now if you don't have the process. If you don't have the systems, protocols, and boundaries you need, it's all over. Trust me, I tried it. It doesn't work. It's bloody. It's painful. It's ugly. And you'll never fix it. You'll never fix it by working harder at doing things the wrong way. But once you do have the systems in the process, and now, of course, I know that not only do my systems and processes work for me, they work for thousands of people around the world. Like, just come to a BOD Live. I think we even had Joylene, who was on the podcast last week from Lagos, Nigeria. So if you think you're living somewhere special and the rules don't apply, I assure you it isn't true. But we all need to have those systems, boundaries, and protocols so we can create loving, trust full relationships with the clients who hire us and allow us to do our very best work. And that's what we're going to talk about now. But first, we're going to hear from Cheryl Horn. I'm really glad you're here. Hey, Cheryl. Hope you're doing great. I am trying to wrap up a bunch of projects. They feel like old projects because they've been lingering thanks to COVID. Sigh. (laughs) What's happening at Business of Design? Well, for those who are taking on new projects right now, um, for our members, we've just added a new video to the site, which more has to do with the beginning of a project during the consultation. But we've gotten the question a lot in terms of how do you answer the question, how much is this going to cost? How do you have that conversation? Because it's such a popular question during the consultation before you've you know really established your um, scope of work and everything like that. So you've answered that in, in a little bit of detail for, um, our members, because it is such a popular question that you get. It's so popular. And yesterday I happened to be at Kravitz sourcing fabric and there was another designer who I didn't know, but she was talking about this exact thing. The minute she tells clients what she thinks it's going to cost, they kind of run away. So that's not the goal. That's not what we want to happen. But then she also was going on to say that, you know, there are like 18 presentation meetings before she's done. And I just, it's so, such a crazy feeling. I just want to go over and say, hello, can, can you come with me? Can we just, I can help you. But I, of course I can't do that. So I just like watched her have this conversation. It's so tragic. Anyway, 
Yes, you can answer the question, how much is this going to cost? And I'm going to tell you some tricky ways you can do that that won't leave you backed into a corner and will satisfy your clients. Well, and anything that helps with those money conversations, especially the initial ones, um, I think that's, you know, a a main struggle point for so many designers. Truly, truly. Yeah. In the meantime, if you're not a member and you want the swift answer, just say it's going to cost a fortune because that's what it's going to cost. Right. I mean, I used to say, oh, don't worry. You know, we'll work within your budget. Now now I just say, oh my gosh, it's going to be so crazy expensive. I can't even believe how expensive things are. Like just... Prime the pump for like, it's going to cost a lot. Yeah. Manage expectations early. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Back to summertime, right? Or no, you have more announcements. Sorry. I'm like rushing along here because the sun is shining and I think I'm going to get into a pool today. Oh, well, that sounds amazing. But um, no, I'll I'll still keep it quick. So head to the website if you want to see that video. As well, for members, last week we had our BOD live and we talked all about the BOD 15, clarifying some of the points, answering some new member questions, as well as some of the questions that we get um, over and over from long-term members as well. So that recording is available on the website as well. So head to the member dashboard and all of that is available to you. Thanks so much. Enjoy the pool. (laughs) Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. We have the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to consistently satisfy clients, increase profitability, and run your projects like a boss. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to hundreds of targeted training modules, plus member perks like BOD Live events, member-only podcasts, preferred pricing, and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Let's jump back into the show now and uh, let's start this way. Hi, my name is Kimberly. I am an interior designaholic, and without you, I would get off the path so frequently, and I'm so glad to have you in my life. And I know that there will be people listening who are members of Alcoholics Anonymous or another anonymous fellowship, and I want you to know I'm not making fun of you, and I'm not mocking you in any way. I think it's an amazing fellowship, and they really know what they're talking about when they say it's the first drink uh, if you're an alcoholic, or it's the first drug if you're a drug addict. It's the first um, moment that you gamble if you're in Gamblers Anonymous. There's so many anonymous fellowships, and they're all based on the same premise, that once you know you can't handle a particular type of behavior, it's not going to go well if you engage in that behavior. You have to stay away from the very first moment you engage. And when I think about that in terms of my business and why I think about that in terms of my business is because I will so often deviate just a little bit from the process, the systems, and the boundaries I know are there to protect me. And I can't protect me. And for the life of me, I cannot explain why I do that. 
But if I didn't have you in my life, I know I would do it a lot more often. There are many times during the month, during the week where I think, gosh, what would I say to a business of design member if he was standing here right now or she was standing here right now and they saw me do that? I would be embarrassed because I'd be caught out being a phony and a fake and a fraud. So I remind myself, no, it seems like it's going to be more difficult to have this conversation with a client right now, but actually it's going to be easier than what's going to happen if I don't set things back on the right path. I hope some of this is making sense to some of you. So often I'm just free association off the top of my head and maybe it doesn't make any sense at all. But anyway, Thank you for letting me have this therapy session. I always feel better after I talk to you. So what's the first moment you get out of process? It can happen so quickly without you even noticing, right? Let's talk about that first phone call. You are the person who answers your phone maybe, uh, and in that case, uh, the person says, oh, hey, great, looking for someone to design the whole house top to bottom. We have also have a cabin and we have a beach house as well. And so right away, your little mind is going, woo, 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 multiple projects in neighborhoods that seem amazing and pictures I want on my website. And right away, uh, if you're anything like me, you're making yourself amenable to whatever this person asks. So they say to you, we'd love for you to come out for a consultation. Uh, and then you tell them the fee and they say, oh, we're not comfortable with that. We've had so-and-so and so-and-so to the house already and uh, they didn't charge. So we're not going to do that. And it's a big moment, right? Am I going to take a step off the path I know that works every single time in order to accommodate this request, which doesn't seem insane, right? This is not a request of a crazy person, but the person asking you to come to the consultation for free is not an interior design professional. They do not know how to run a project and you do, right? And am I going to have the courage at that moment to stay the course and say, We appreciate there are lots of design firms that will come for free. It's curious that you didn't hire either one of them. Uh, That tells me that maybe they don't do a consultation like we do because when I show up for the consultation, it's not a meet and greet. It's a working meeting. And during that consultation, we're going to establish a scope of work. I can talk to you about budgeting. I can answer your interior design questions specifically. I can talk about process, but we're going to spend those two hours working very hard. And at the end, of the two hours, you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt if I'm the right designer for you, and I will know beyond the shadow of a doubt if I can help you. How does that sound? So that's a moment where we get out of process, right? Right then and there. It doesn't need to be as glaring as they don't want to pay the consultation fee either. It can be small, right? It can be, oh, we don't need two hours. We need an hour and a half. We'd like to hire you for an hour and a half. Or it could be, we'd like you to send us the contract in advance. We don't do that in my office. I explain the contract to them when I'm with them. So for me, that would be a step out of our process. Or it could be, we'd like you to measure the space and do the plans for us during the two hours. Uh, Again, we don't do that. That happens at trade day. It's not something I want to do during a consultation. Any of those requests, seemingly small, If that's 
not part of my process, if that's not part of your process, by agreeing to that small modification, you're establishing a pattern where the client can influence how you do your job. And that's not anything I want to be part of, right? I want to make sure the client is clear from the very first phone call that I'm going to lead the project and I'm going to direct the project in a way that I know works every single time, period, full stop. So it's not always a glaring, obvious, the client was really pushy and bossy and they had demands. Sometimes it's just a simple, innocent request, right? And it's my job to just stay in my process. We also can get out of process when a client says to us at the consultation something like, this was amazing. Oh, and these are the notes you took. Terrific. Are you going to follow this up with a floor plan and some photographs? And at that moment, if you're anything like me, I'm thinking, gosh, it doesn't seem like I've given her enough information during these two hours. She wants more. She seems really nice. I want her to like me. And so before you know it, it might come flying out of my mouth. Yes, of course. But the answer actually is no, I'm not. We spent the two hours. I answered all your questions. I took notes. Everything uh, you need from these two hours is there. Now, if it's going to be a project down the road, of course, you're not going to be giving them the notes back. You're going to keep the notes because you're going to add to them. And in that case, you're going to say, we don't do floor plans until we get to step three, right? But if it's just a one-on-one DIY consultation, you've given them all the information they need. If you've run out of time, there is no time to do a floor plan. If they wanted a floor plan, they had two hours to ask you for the floor plan. So the answer is, this is everything that is a result of our two hours we spent together. But as you may recall, we talked about putting the sofa over there, the chairs over there, and maybe a console table. It's pretty straightforward, but you'll have to do the measurements yourself because we're out of time. And that's hard, right? And so many of the problems I fall into, the traps I fall into, have to do with the fact that I want to be nice and I want to be liked. And that's a wonderful quality sometimes, but a terrible quality frequently in business. So I really have to be careful about that. I do try during those two hours to tell the clients, this is your time. Whatever is most important for you to figure out, you need to make sure that we have time to do that. And I kind of put the monkey on their back to make sure that they tell me what they need because at the end of two hours, it's too late and I am not going to stay an extra half hour anymore. That's so easy for me to say. I recognize that. I have a lot of clients. I have plenty of business now. I don't worry too much. If you're new, I always say this, forgive me, but I have to say it every single time. If you're new, you don't have enough clients, of course you're going to do crazy stuff like stay an extra half hour because you want to be liked and you want to please. But you'll figure out soon enough that that really wasn't the deal. The deal is two hours flat fee, we're done. And that's a process that we want to stay inside every time. Let me think, when else do we get out of process? 
I would say when you are presenting your client uh, with the contract, if you're not reading the contract to the client, definitely you're so far out of process. I just can't even say it often enough. Read the darn contract to the client. If the client says to you, huh, we don't understand why we have to give you a retainer and you make an exception to the retainer rule, you're way, way, way outside of process and you're putting yourself in a position to really, truly be hurt. And you can know right now whether or not you have the right process for your retainer and the right amount for your retainer with one simple question. Do you ever chase clients to pay your design fees? If the answer is yes, even a little bit, then you need to tighten up your process because With the process I use, I never, never, never chase clients for design fees. It's beneath me. It's humiliating. I remember it all too well from many years ago when we would email and phone and ask and plead and offer to pick up and negotiate and do all that crazy stuff. So that's an easy way to know if you have the right retainer or the right process for the retainer. Um, If the answer is, yes, they pay design fees, but they don't always pay for the goods I've procured for them, then there's something wrong with the contract. Again, super easy to fix. Super easy to fix. I didn't think it was many years ago, and I experimented and tried dozens of strategies to to fix these gaps. And now that I have a fix, it works 100% of the time. I can't even think of the last time I had to chase clients for money, but I do remember it was so exceedingly painful when it used to happen. Recently, we got uh, an email from a business of design member who said her client just didn't want to sign the contract. She just thought that was too formal. It wasn't necessary. What could possibly go wrong were the words this particular client used. What could go wrong? Oh my gosh, 12 million things we've identified and 172 billion things we have not identified. No matter how many mistakes I make in this business, there's always another one lurking. I could never figure them all out. But that contract is there to make sure you stay in your process, which is for your benefit and for the client's benefit. It's also there so you can build trust with each other, right? I build trust with my clients by showing up on time, being my word, doing what I say I'm going to do, never cheating them or hiding fees or playing games with markups. It's always exactly as it says in my contract. My clients build trust in the same way, by following the process, by allowing me to lead the process, by agreeing to the rules I set for running a project, and by paying their bills on time. So those are the ways clients will build trust with us. That contract is there to make sure everybody knows how to build trust, how to create a thriving relationship that will last for many, many years. Any client who tells you they don't want to sign your contract or they want to change your contract is a client you need to be extremely, extremely fearful and worried about because they're telling you that they think they know how to run an interior design business better than you do. And we hear that from clients sometimes, right? Well, I run a business and this is how I do it. Great. Good for you. This is my business and this is how I do it. And that contract is there to make sure that I don't get hurt. Make no mistake about it. It's not wrong for clients to ask us to change the rules, to 
forego the retainer or lower the retainer or come to the consultation for free or they'll pay the consultation, but then you'll give them back the money for the consultation if they hire you. It's not wrong for them to make those requests, but it is wrong for me to agree to them because I know what it takes to run this business. I know what it takes to be profitable. And at the end of the day, that's why we're here, right? Ultimately, the goal is to grow wealth. And I think of wealth as being that point at which you could retire if you want to, because it's relative, right? For some of you, wealth might mean a million dollars in the bank. For someone else, it might mean $10 million in the bank. It's really relative. But that point at which you could stop doing this work and retire and live comfortably, that's when you truly have wealth. And that's the goal. I wish I had had that goal when I first started this business. I spent a lot of time thinking, I'll worry about that later. I'll do it better later. As I get older, that will be easier. And I missed so many years where I could have been wildly profitable. Thank goodness I made up for it in the last 15 years. And you guys have certainly helped me stay the course. So thank you so, so much for that. But remember, the client's not wrong for asking, but I can be wrong if I agree to do anything that isn't part of my process. So always, always stay alert for those subtle moments, those subtle changes that will pull you away from your process. The sooner you can notice that and get yourself back on course, the better. It's a wild ride no matter how you slice it, right? Just when I think I've got it figured out, everything changes and I don't know where I'd be without all of you. Thank you so much for being here. If you've got a great idea for the podcast or if you're the perfect guest, please let us know. We would love to feature you. Enjoy the week, everyone. I'll see you next time. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today.